Welcome. This is Signal. I would like to introduce you to a collective, fun, passion project I've been lucky enough to join. It's a serialized 1940s paranormal noir, family-friendly radio drama. I am the voice of Anne Darkside now. The main narration and sound production is by Giles Edward, also known on Twitter as giles for you Story supervisor and well of ideas is Penguin Pete, and he can be found at penguinpeets.com. The strange child in this episode is narrated by Kimberly Ann, and she can be found on Twitter at Kimberly underscore Ann underscore 67. Writing credit for this episode goes to Doc Macabre, and that also happens to be his Twitter handle, and Clyde Weirn whose next novel in his 1930s paranormal pulp fiction series, Caesar and St. Sarah, is available on Amazon now. I've put a link to the SoundCloud for Average Joe in the description, so if you like, you can look up seasons one to four, as well as find links for everyone involved, plus a link to Mr. Weirin's book on Amazon. As for myself, Signal, I have a short collaboration coming out soon as well as a story that I was given permission to read by the author, which I am very excited for and humbled by. Until then, please enjoy Joe Average, and Joe Average travels the California Inscape in Season Joe 5, travels the, the Children California of the Inscape. Season 5, Children of the Pumpkins. Episode 1, The Pumpkin Spice Must Flow. Story conceived and written by Penguin Pete. Out minding the grill, Dodge and Clyde. With guest star Mrs. Penguin as creepy little girl. And introducing This Is Signal as Anne Darkside. Anne and I were on stakeout on a near moonless night in downtown Chatterskull Falls. We both sat in the car on a dimly lit street behind the Food For You grocery warehouse, and we were on nothing more than an ordinary theft case. I had my binoculars, and Anne brought, oh, for crying out loud, Anne, a crystal ball? I can use it to view through Samantha's eyes, then I can see all around. Anne, did your voice change? Focus, Joe. Uh, anyway, here are my binoculars. You look through them. No magic needed, and I can see all around. I helpfully demonstrated, turning this way and that with the binoculars. But she ignored me and focused on the ball in her lap. Surely enough, a blurry vision began to emerge inside it. Anne's black cat familiar, Samantha, had tagged along. She was roaming the alley, while Anne's crystal ball picked up the cat's eye view as if she were a little motion picture camera. That's actually pretty amazing. 
Do our CIA friends know about this? Because you could take a cat with you to spy on... That's just why I didn't tell our CIA friends about this trick. It's too powerful to turn over to government hands. Besides, you don't just buy a familiar at an animal shelter. You have to earn one. Ah, look. I can see around corners with this setup. This stakeout was the latest in a series of mundane cases we'd had to take on. Our last big case, with the company of a couple of CIA agents, had ended up with us shutting down both the underground black market in occult artifacts and a whole demonology department at the Academy of Mystic Arts. Priests were still dropping by from all over the country to splash holy water on the campus. We had become minor celebrities after all this, and consequently the various spooks and critters that normally plagued Chatterskull Falls had seemingly decided to skip town and haunt somewhere else for a while. That would have been fine with us, but we'd also worked ourselves out of occult cases for the time being. Luckily, even ordinary detective cases, from cheating spouses to embezzling employees to uh, excessive loitering by a couple of school kids, were just as readily solved by Anne's bag of tricks. We'd been getting by on piecemeal cases all summer. But as we sat in that Packard waiting for whoever might be stealing inventory from the food for you, we were not aware that we were on the threshold of our most harrowing adventure yet. I think we have our mark. He's at the end of the street with a stack of boxes. I see him too, Anne, but thanks for the confirmation. I'll just catch up to this guy and collar him. Metaphorically. I got out of the car and casually strolled up to catch the perpetrator. He was panting and sweating carrying a stack of cases, so it was pretty easy, even for a lazy fellow like myself. A young man, maybe high school aged. I ambled alongside him and remarked, Beautiful evening. He didn't seem to agree. Out of the corner of my eye, I glimpsed Samantha running up ahead in the dark alleyway. Say, that looks like a heavy load. Why don't you set it down and talk with me? The kid shot me a look, like he was too busy for me, and tried to run at a faster pace. You better watch out. A black cat may cross your path. And that's always bad luck. Right on cue, Samantha sprung out in front of the lad, perfectly tripping him. Boxes scattered all over the street as the kid fell to the ground. I hastened to encourage him not to get up too fast by placing my foot adroitly on his ankle. So, your jig is up. You mind telling me what you're doing with five cases of nutmeg from the food for you at two o'clock in the morning? It's a drug. They use it as a drug. What? The drugstore is up at the corner, back that way. This is nutmeg. Let's try this again. Take your time. I have all night. I flashed him an amiable smile before lighting up a cigarette to emphasize my prodigious patience. No, mister, these aren't like other drugs. This is a street drug. Street drugs? I didn't know the street was sick. Please, mister, you gotta let me go. I can't say anymore. They're watching me right now.
I looked around. Nobody. Except for Anne. From behind, the growing glow of headlights told me she was bringing the car up to us. As Anne left the headlights on us and got out, I asked the kid, Who's watching you? The kid looked around fearfully. Please, you have to believe me. If I say one word, they'll do something. They force me to work for them, okay? Well, the owner of this grocery store got tired of his stock disappearing, so he hired us to catch you. The question is, how are you getting in and out? The alarms are set, the doors are locked, and you didn't go anywhere near the doors. So where's the magic gizmo? Cough it up. The kid squeaked. It's a portal that only opens for me, but they use... Here, the kid went quiet. And while I still pinned his leg to the ground with my foot, I could feel him going limp. The kid's face turned pale, and some blood trickled out of the corner of his mouth. Anne and I both tried to revive him, but he was gone in seconds. We had heard nothing, seen nothing. Nobody was around. Just Anne, the cat, myself, and this poor boy. His pulse was gone, his muscles limp. Anne, with crystal ball in hand, shot to her feet and ran around the alley trying to see if anybody was around. I felt along the young man's body and found a tiny dart near his ankle. I found it, Anne. It's a poison dart. At least I presume it's poisonous. My God, they killed the poor kid. If I had my apothecary set with me, maybe I could reverse the poison. I don't even know what it is. I walked to the corner to use the drugstore phone to call an ambulance. The meat wagon showed up presently with a cop who took a statement from me. They contacted the food for you manager too since we were hired on his dime. We'd closed his case all right, but not in the way we'd intended. I glumly handed over the dart for the coroner downtown to test for toxins. Driving home, Anne and I were both flummoxed. Who would kill somebody over five cases of nutmeg? I did not realize it at the time, but my intuition was already putting this together with another case we'd recently closed. Two days before, Anne and I had been in the woods around Chatterskull Falls. This area was known as Goblin Grove a rich, foresty place of pine and redwood. The timber industry was big here. We were in these woods on a hot summer day, helping police find the buried body of a murder victim. The case itself was pretty screwy, but Anne had found the burial site quickly enough with her dowsing rod. The police, led by... Chief Wankins provided light amusement, as they were all convinced that, since I worked with Anne, I must be psychic too. They came up to me one by one and asked if I could read their minds. I would tell them to think of a number between one and three and then immediately state two before they could get a wise guy idea of saying something like 1.9786754269733214. When I got bored playing with the cops, and as they had a body to exhume, I lit up a lucky strike and wandered around the woods admiring the vibrant wild pumpkins growing everywhere.
I had never seen pumpkins thrive like this. The vines snaked all over the woods, while the pumpkins were huge, and so brightly orange that they seemed to shine with a malevolent glow. I'd even remarked on the unusual pumpkin growth to Anne, who examined them and reported that they seemed to have a supernatural energy to them, but she didn't make much of it at the time. Later, when I thought I was alone in the maze of pumpkin vines, suddenly a little child's voice called behind me. I turned to see a little girl, about five years old maybe, but she didn't look exactly like a child, more like a miniature adult somehow. Mr. Pumpkins? I think I'll settle for store-bought, thanks. You're cute, what's your name? Joe. Just an average Joe. No, silly. What's your real name? I'm average Joe, and that's all you gotta know. I keep this couplet in my pocket to be ready for situations like this one. Pooping part on you, bubble Uh, stupid. She did say stupid, right, listeners? Otherwise, we might lose our G rating. Hey, I'll have you know I got a B-plus in high school shop. Unimpressed, she ran away through the vines and was gone. I tried following her, but she'd vanished completely. I related that story to Anne now as I was dropping her off at her home after the unfortunate murder of the warehouse boy. So, I'm thinking the nutmeg and pumpkins have some connection. Even Al the grocer at Food For You mentioned that the pumpkin crop was huge this year, and that was driving demand for nutmeg. So that's not a big deductive leap you're making there. Is there some other use for nutmeg I don't know? It has its applications in apothecary potions and stuff like that. But it's not particularly powerful, nor much in demand. If you eat enough of it, you'll hallucinate. But that's no fun. You get fever and cold chills, curled on by invisible bugs, and so on. Sounds like we need to get better spices. But good call with that strange little girl in the woods. I have coached you well. You have to be careful with whom you give your name to, because to certain supernatural beings, knowing your name is power. Of course, Anne. What is my last name? I don't know. You've never told me. Exactly. Don't forget to listen to seasons one to four on SoundCloud of Average Joe. This is Signal can be found on Twitter, where I have actually spent quite a bit of time lately. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and YouTube. Links for all of this can be found at thisissignal.ca. Thank you so much for listening to me today, and it is a pleasure to be back with you.